Welcome to another Monday Pun Day. Hope you had a good weekend. And say, did you happen to catch the Drew Mariani show on Friday? Drew did a segment on the rainbow and how it was originally, of course, the sign of the covenant that God made through Noah with all the living creatures of the earth. Yeah, I was listening and I thought a good listen on a weighty subject. But of course, that got me to thinking, how much exactly does a rainbow weigh? Well, I'm not sure if anyone has ever gotten a precise weight on a rainbow, but I'm sure of this. Rainbows are pretty light. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley. Never a bad thing to get the week started off with a good dad joke or a pun, especially coming off of Father's Day. A belated happy Father's Day, by the way, to all you fathers, godfathers, and spiritual fathers out there. May your week be filled with the finest of dad jokes, which um, leads me to think. I'm not sure if there's a difference between a, a good pun and a bad pun. I think they're the same thing. Anyway, on the promo for today's show over the weekend, I asked the question, what observable action do you think would be one of the surest evidence of a Christian? So what could you see someone else doing and you'd say, I'll bet that person's a Christian. I ventured that for me, at least, it would be the turning of the other cheek. Not to respond to a direct attack, be it physical or verbal, with fight or flight or freeze, but to act in meekness and humility like Jesus himself Remember, we heard on Friday, the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart, Jesus saying, I am meek and humble of heart. But one of the reasons why this makes my shortlist for true evidence of a Christian is because it is so incredibly difficult to do. Observing someone turning the other cheek is invariably the sign of the grace of God at work. But that doesn't mean it's optional. So how can we, how can you grow in the grace of humility? of actually finding the strength to be meek, turning the other cheek as the topic on the show today. And joining us as our spiritual director, back again with us is Father Rob Kroll, a Jesuit priest and director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in Milwaukee. Welcome back, Father. Happy Monday to you. Thank you, Patrick. Yes, good to be with you and uh, with all of our listeners today. So uh, related, happy Father's Day as well to you and others. So thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for welcoming me, welcoming me again today on the program. Always good to have you on the show, Father, and especially around such an important topic as turning the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Let's start off getting this situated. I mean, when we're thinking about this, of course, we are talking uh, Sermon on the Mount stuff here from Jesus. Do you want to just kind of base it for us, Father, in the Scriptures? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Like you said, this is all part of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, recorded in Matthew's Gospel, and today at Mass around the world, the Gospel uh, comes from Matthew 5, and Jesus begins by saying, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So before the challenging uh, teaching about turning the other cheek, he he's quoting here, um, a statement from Exodus 21. Um, It's also a statement that is found in other uh, religions and other cultures. We sometimes call it the lex talionis, the law of exact retribution or retaliation. And it sounds to us kind of harsh, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But actually, in the historical context in which it was said, it was meant to be 
kind of a limitation on retaliation. Um, so rather than have, let's say, a head for an eye, you know, if your eye is taken out, you can only retaliate uh, or respond by taking the eye of the other person. So it actually was an effort to kind of limit um, violence and, and retribution. But, but uh, you know, Jesus goes on to say, um, I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. And when someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one to him as well. Now, um, without, uh, we're going to get into the challenge of that in a moment, but I think it's important for us to realize that we have to be on guard against a very literal, simplistic um, uh, interpretation of this statement. I mean, certainly the Lord doesn't want us to actually never resist evil. Uh, and he doesn't necessarily want us in all situations to literally, you know, turn uh, the the one cheek if we've been struck on the other cheek. You know, we could see this as leading to some really erroneous um, interpretations where maybe we're supposed to just uh, turn a blind eye to evil or kind of roll over and play dead in the midst of it and be a doormat. You know, we could imagine somebody thinking, oh, I'm in an abusive uh, relationship right now, and I guess I can't do anything about it. I just got to kind of take uh, take the evil, take the injustice, and just absorb it. So, you know, I think we all kind of recognize that that's not what Jesus is getting at. Um, he himself, of course, uh, did um, resist evil, and I'm thinking about the moment um, at his trial where he's standing before Pilate, and he was literally slapped on the cheek by a servant. Now, he didn't respond with physical violence um, or hurling insults at this, uh, at this person. But he did say, you know, if I've spoken rightly, you know, why, why do you strike me? And, and throughout his trial, there were moments when he did verbally stand up for himself and, and try to confront the injustice that uh, was being perpetrated against him. But as you said at the beginning, Patrick, he did this always with a spirit of... Uh, meekness and humility. And so, you know, we'll get into more of how to interpret this and, and live it out in our own daily lives. But I just wanted to begin the program by saying we, we have to be, uh, um, you know, aware that this can't just be simplistically and, and always literally interpreted. Right. Father Rob Kroll is our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. We're talking about turning the other cheek. When was a time in your life where you were uh, faced with the choice faced with the necessity, perhaps, of turning the other cheek. And uh, how did you respond? Were you able to, were you able to do it? And were you able to act with meekness and humility in those situations, which, as Father was just saying, isn't necessarily you know, turning our back on evil, but confronting it with the grace of God working in and through you? Or perhaps you're in a situation right now that you're wondering, how do I turn the other cheek in this situation? Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you, whether with a testimony or a question, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. And as always, you can always send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Father, I'm curious, too, as long as we're in the Scriptures here and we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount, we're talking about Jesus' teaching around these things. He's offered some good exegesis, some good interpretation of the Scriptures uh, thus far. And I, I'm wondering, what would you say that this passage in particular reveals, and what you were just saying about Jesus' own actions, reveals mm -hmm. about... Uh, God and reveals about the life of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, you know, I think um, 
Patrick, too, another sort of a, along those lines, a thought that occurs to me is any time that we're trying to correctly interpret a scriptural statement or a scriptural passage, um, a really important principle is that we look, first of all, at the larger surrounding um, text. So, for example, as we're trying to understand um, you know, what does it mean to turn the other cheek? We have to remember that this is part of a larger teaching that's in the Sermon on the Mount. That's found within the whole Gospel of Matthew. That's found within the whole Old Testament and the entire Bible, which is the inspired Word of God. So we have to kind of, um, you know, not proof text or kind of extract uh, simplistic statements from the Scriptures, but we need to understand their context. And then, of course, we also know that um, we have to look to the Church and its 2,000-year tradition to correctly understand and, and interpret the scriptures as well. So all of that is, I think, kind of important. But, you know, I think, I think ultimately, like, it, it does reveal uh, to us a God who, um, you know, is very passionate about justice and wants his children to live holy and courageous lives. But it's also a God who, in Jesus Christ, a God who does not... Um, retaliate, uh, you know, it does not seek revenge, does not, in his own sacred heart, as you said, we celebrated that beautiful uh, solemnity last week, you know, his heart is not filled with bitterness and with a desire for revenge, but uh, it's a a heart that is on fire, uh, aflame with love for all people, including his enemies. And so, you know, again, that moment from the cross when Jesus is absorbing all of this violence and out of his mouth comes, you know, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so I think when, as we're trying to understand this challenging statement about turning the other cheek, you know, what it really means, I think, for us is, um, again, not to be passive, not to be pacifists. You know, we're, we're, our Catholic tradition is not a pacifist tradition. We recognize that sometimes um, force, even, uh, you know, armed force might be necessary to resist a great evil. But in all cases, we should be acting without bitterness, and we should be actually praying for our enemies. And Jesus says to love our enemies. That means to, to pray for their conversion, to always seek their salvation. I know I, I've sometimes seen uh, when, when criminals, maybe really uh, horrible human beings, have been, have been uh, executed in our country. Sometimes you see protesters with signs that, you know, say something like, you know, we you know, this person should rot in hell or whatever. And we right. can understand maybe a family member you know, who would say something like that out of anger. But, but really, we should always seek uh, the salvation of all people, including uh, evil people. And so I think it, it's that, really, that we're getting at with this statement of mm. Jesus. Yeah, this overcoming evil with good, not by... Uh, Correct. Right, Correct. Right, we don't right. want to get in this dynamic or this cycle of revenge and tit-for-tat, and we, we, we have to kind of take the high ground, the high moral ground, and, um, and after we've done all that we can to resist evil without, without again, bitterness and, and uh, seeking uh, to destroy the person, at the end of the day, we have to be willing uh, to endure, perhaps, a real strong injustice and um, and to unite it with that of Christ. And that's where we find our strength. And uh, Thomas Aquinas talks about the virtues of fortitude and patience that are so important when we're trying to live out the the injunction to turn the other cheek. You know, it's actually a sign of great strength to do so, not a sign of of weakness. It is it is a, a meekness that we're called to, yes, but that meekness is not the same 
as as weakness. So. No, yeah, I, I would say that it takes great strength to learn how to be meek in these kind of circumstances. Correct, which Correct. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Let's take a phone call, Father. We've got Helen who's calling in from Pennsylvania. Helen, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in. Uh, oh, thank you for taking my call. Yes, Father, regarding turning the other cheek, I find it really necessary in dealing with hostile, belligerent family members. Uh, they get hostile with one another, uh, two in particular, uh, and uh, they get hostile. Sometimes they get very uh, derogatory with the church. And if I say anything to them, one in particular gets his back all up in the air, and he gets very snarky and, you know, uh, stuff like that. He comes back with sometimes not quite potty mouth, but he gets close. Uh, anyway, uh, when I refuse to respond in kind, I don't lay down, but with gentle insistence, I tell him, you know, you can't, you know, you can't put out the fire by pouring kerosene on it, hon. You know, you, you gotta, you know, take it easy, think it over, think like that. Slowly but surely, it's getting some to tone down at least their language and mm-hmm. the frequency of their attack. But it's taking uh, years. It's taking yeah. years. But again, it's that turning that other, not responding in kind. As uh, one, one preacher once said, retaliate with love. Yeah, beautiful, Helen. I mean, that's, I'm so glad you called in and shared that uh, wisdom with us. And it sounds like you really are trying to practice turning the other cheek and, and, and that you're doing it successfully. And so I think uh, we can all learn from your example. And, you know, as you speak, I'm thinking about something that St. Philip Neri once uh, suggested, or he gave us some advice, a little exercise to train ourselves. And that is, he says we could even like imagine a situation, like pretend we're in a situation where we've suffered some great insult or harm, and then imagine responding like Christ with patience, with charity. Um, and that, that might then, if we can do that once in a while, then when a real situation does arise, like the one you're describing with family members, you know, we're going to be maybe a little more prepared to respond in the real moment because we've, we've already tried kind of imagining how to respond. So um, anyway, it's not easy. It takes practice. But yeah, I think uh, you're absolutely right. You can, you can certainly try to engage the person and respond, but to do so always with gentleness. And, and maybe there comes a time when the best response is just kind of silence or, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I'll, uh, let, you know, I'll pray for you. And, and you just kind of let it be, you know, when it becomes clear that maybe they're not in, in any way open to your um, efforts to engage in a, in a respectful dialogue. So, yeah, thanks for calling in and sharing your experience. Thank you, Helen, for the call. And Helen's got to start it off on a good foot here. Exactly what we're looking for, a good testimony of when you've had the mm-hmm. opportunity to turn the other cheek and how that went. I mean, it's not easy, as Father and I have just already said, and we'll continue to say, I'm sure, throughout mm-hmm. the show today as we're talking about turning the other cheek with our spiritual director, Father Rob Kroll, from the St. Francis de Sales Seminary in Milwaukee. And if you have a time, a story, a testimony of how to turn the other cheek or how you did it in a specific circumstance, or if you're looking for advice on how to do it even now, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Let's take another phone call, Father. We've got Janet calling in from Chicago. Janet, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking my call. I was at Mass this morning, and uh, there was a... A woman who was a complete stranger to me, I've been in that parish for a year, um, but maybe she has 
It's a big church, so she may have been sitting someplace else, but she came right up ahead of me, a couple pews ahead of me, and of course the priest at the front of the church, uh, who gave a good homily on turning the other cheek. I, I should mention something about that too, but the reason I called was to mention that sometimes there are act- actions uh, done by others to insult others, um, uh, and this person was doing this to me. Um, and I thought, why is she uh, cracking all her knuckles? Why is she seductively trying to seduce? Uh, I was the only one that was directly behind her and a couple pews behind her. She was doing it, you know, in a way that was definitely provocative. I didn't like what she was doing. So when we had the handshake of peace during the Mass, I um, put my both my fingers up to my eyes and then directed them toward her eyes as if to say, I see what you're doing. Hmm. But I didn't respond in any other way. Uh-huh. And uh, then she did the seductive thing. I thought, well, she's not going to give up. She's <laughs> She's got a statement she wants to make, and it's completely false. And I'm wondering, why is she doing this? Mm-hmm. And I didn't respond. It was hard for me not to just go up and give her a a, a nudge. I didn't like the, what she was doing. If it had been a family member, I would have I would have tried to interact somehow. But I just let mm-hmm. it go because it was in church. But the worst of it is, it was in church. Mm-hmm. We should be brothers and sisters to one another in church. Right. And she wasn't making any attempt in that regard. In fact, well, Janet, I got to I got to so. say, let me just jump in, Janet, and say that uh, you know I've had I've had similar things, and I got to say that when it comes to being, you know, when I personally, uh, when I feel those some of those fires brewing in my own life, oftentimes it is in mass. I'm being trying to be honest here. That I know this isn't confession with Father Kroll right now, but. <laughs> uh, you know, I do. I do get some of those similar things that there's uh, there's an opportunity where it seems like someone else is doing things, maybe even intentionally, to be distracting and that sort of thing. And I don't know how to respond. So, any suggestions for Janet and myself, Father, and how we might turn the other cheek in those types of situations? Well, I think as, as Janet was speaking, what was what was sort of coming to my mind was, um, you know, we never know what is going on in another person's mind and heart, and you know, we're all kind of the walking wounded. And so sometimes behaviors that we find bizarre or provocative, um, maybe there's something going on, you know, there's a, an ongoing emotional illness of some kind that's motivating it, or maybe just they had a really bad day and something happened in their day, you know, and when we can think about this, you know, I can think about it when I'm driving and some quote unquote jerk, you know, comes by at a high speed and I, you know, feel uh, the anger rising in my own heart. I mean, we can multiply the examples. They happen to us all the time. But, you know, again, I think what helps is to turn to prayer right away, to pray for the person and to realize, you know, I'm not, um, it's not my job to fix them or save them or figure it all out. Uh, my job is to lift them up to the Lord and ask him to to soften their hearts or maybe to end the behavior that is wrong or you know, unjust. Um so we have to, you know, I think trying to maintain our own peace and magnanimity in the midst of, of, a, of a tense situation, that's not easy, but it, it can be done with, with grace, you know, if we call upon that. So, um, you know, I was thinking about my own little witness uh, a number of years ago. I was living in a Jesuit community, not in Milwaukee, but elsewhere. And for whatever reason, there was a, an older Jesuit in this community who just from the beginning treated me, I thought, very rudely, uh, very ang- kind of scornfully. 
And, uh, and after a while, you know, I, I'm kind of conflict averse. So I kind of put up with this for a while, but Eva, I eventually tried to talk with him and he didn't really want to talk with me. So I sat down and wrote him a letter and I just explained, you know, how this was making me feel. And I didn't really understand why he was doing this. And, and I said, I, you know, if you're open to it, I, I want to sit down and talk this through. And, you know, eventually, uh, he did actually come around and we, we, by the end of the time that I was living in this community, we were, uh, on good terms. And so I think sometimes, you know, patience and love shown towards somebody, it, it highlights for them their own misbehavior. You know, if, if we don't, if we retaliate in kind, it doesn't really open their eyes at all to the situation because then they feel justified because now we're attacking them. But if we respond with gentleness and kindness, it kind of makes them realize how ridiculous and maybe out of bounds they actually are and how they're acting. And so I think that, you know, it's kind of like, um, What's that verse about pouring? Uh, yeah, burning coals on the head of the enemy. Right, yeah, right. right yep. exactly. Like our I'm kindness can do that, you know. I so know, I think yep. that's the best path to, to helping them change. Father Rob Girl is our spiritual director today as we're we're pouring burning coals on the heads of enemies here. No, we're talking about turning the other cheek, our gospel lesson for today, uh, and also just how difficult it is and how can we do it in specific situations. Maybe you've had a situation in which you were able to turn the other cheek. How did you see the grace of God at work in your life? Give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break here on The Inner Life, but we got lots more to come with the show, so stay with us. You can support Relevant Radio in many ways. Joining a giving society, donating a vehicle you don't need anymore, and now donating a piece of land or other real estate. Donate now at relevantradio.com slash property. We are back here on The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining us. We're talking today about turning the other cheek with our spiritual director, Father Rob Kroll, Jesuit priest and director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in Milwaukee. If there's a time when you have been faced with the opportunity to turn the other cheek, we'd love to know what happened and how the Lord worked in your life. 888-914-9149 is the number to call. Let's go back to the phones now with Mary calling in from Northwest Arkansas. Mary, thanks for, thanks for calling into the show. Hi, good morning. Yeah, um, so I'm originally from nor- northern Nevada, and um, I was headed down to the uh, abortion facility in our area to uh, be out there praying and uh, peacefully praying and, and offering help. And um, I frequent that, so um, there was a situation where uh, I was driving up and I saw a bunch of, a bunch of counter-protesters. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is going to be crazy, you know, because here we are. And so our group of people were over on one side and and I drove up and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, uh, you know, give me patience, because I can be a lot like that situation with St. Peter when he struck the soldier's ear and cut it off. And Jesus is like, you cannot do that. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I can be like that. I'm like, oh, I had that fighting spirit of get out of our, you know, we're trying to do something good. And so I drove up, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I just prayed. I was like, give me the patience, because typically I would want to, you know, come after them. And so I got my big image of Our Lady of Guadalupe out that I typically have there, and I went over to him, and I said, hey, guys, good morning. How are you? 
And everybody that knows me was like, oh, my goodness, what is she doing? You know, typically she's got a fighting spirit and we didn't want to, you know, have the police called and whatever. And so so uh, they looked at me like, wow, did you just say good morning? And I'm like, so I just the Holy Spirit was working in me. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, it's not me. Um, so I, I'm standing there and, and they were like, wow, that is such a beautiful image. And I'm like, yeah, this is Our Lady of Guadalupe. And and so we kind of got into talking about it. And some of their other people were looking at the situation, too. Like, are they talking to her? Like, what is going on here? And so you could totally feel the Holy Spirit working. So I'm like, isn't it great that we can agree on something here, that the beautiful image of Our Lady? And and so, um, anyways, I ended up having to leave. And... um, as I'm leaving, they started packing up their stuff <laughs> and leaving too. Wow. And I hung mm. and waved and said, God bless you. You guys have a great day. And they were like, you too. They got their cars and everybody was like, wow. And they never came back. <laughs> and that was wow. the Holy Spirit because that is not my spirit. I'm usually one of the, oh, let's, you know, let's just take care of this. And, you know, but yeah. And they That's never came back. So, wow. It was awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Mary, for sharing that, that testimony. That is powerful. And, yeah, it testifies to the power of God's grace at work in that moment. And as you were sharing that, the, the phrase that kind of leapt into my mind was this, humanize, not demonize, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, even with people that we strongly disagree with on a very fundamental life issue like abortion, you know, these are still human beings. They're, they're still, you know, loved by God. Jesus died for them as much as he did for us. He, he looks upon them with great love. He may be sad at, at sin or at somebody's opposition to the truth. And that's true with every one of us, of course, too. We're not immune from that. So I think to remember that we're, yeah, we're dealing with real human beings, children of God. And also along with that, that we ourselves are not perfect. You know, we, um, as we might resist the injustice of someone else, and we might condemn the evil that we see, uh, we have to remember that we're, you know, but, but for the grace of God, go I, you know, and we're capable of, of uh, also committing evil and, and resisting God's grace. So anyway, thanks for sharing that. And uh, I think that, you know, ties, kind of ties in with that whole meekness um, theme that we've been emphasizing. It's, it's not weakness, but meekness means really, um, willing the good of others and always treating them uh, charitably, you know? So. Yeah. Humanize, not demonize. I think that's, that's one to put up on the wall. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I mean, there's so many circumstances in this day and age where we are invited and sometimes even encouraged to demonize those with whom we disagree mm-hmm. or, you know, with whom we stand in opposition to. Uh, but that is not God's way. And uh, right. even with the very humanizing way, as you pointed out earlier, Father, about Christ humanizing and recognizing the humanity of even those who were putting him to death. Uh, what right. an amazing thing. Mary, thank you for the call and uh, glad that you were able to have the Spirit of God working in and through you in this particularly potentially heated situation. And it sounds like the Spirit mm-hmm. just moved through you to diffuse it all. So wonderful. Talking today about turning the other cheek here on The Inner Life. The, how do we do this very difficult thing? And uh, our spiritual director is Father Rob Kroll, Jesuit priest and director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in Milwaukee. Uh, let's go down to Grace, calling in from Arlington, Virginia. Grace, thanks for calling into the show. Thanks so much. 
So I'd like to continue with a story related to pro-life. I go out on the street regularly with pictures of the victims of abortion. And when people drive by, there are some people that react very vehemently, come up and they could yell from their cars, actually get out of their cars, come towards us. And now I'm just filled with compassion when this happens because I know that they probably have touched abortion in some way. And one thing I do at our parish, we, the St. Agnes Parish in Arlington, we pray for the protection of all unborn children, and we also pray for the healing of all mothers and fathers who have had an abortion. We include that in our prayers. Yes, Grace, uh, thanks for that witness as well. I'm so glad that a number of you are calling in from around the country to share your story and and uh, your mention of compassion, I think, is really important. You know, it, it's not enough when we want to turn the other cheek. It's not enough simply to restrain ourselves from a violent uh, attack or, or retaliation or revenge. That's already really important. But we have to go further if we're going to live this perfectly, which is to actually have, as you say, uh, a compassion, uh, maybe feeling sadness for the other person's um, intransigence or evil. So it's not like we're just sort of like, you know, white knuckling it and just sort of like we're about to explode, but we just somehow manage to contain it all within. No, we want hearts that are actually gentle and compassionate, even in the face of great um, evil. And uh, so beautiful. I mean, your, your name is grace and it sounds like, you know, God's grace uh, is very much at work when you're doing that. Um, work on behalf of pro-life and so thanks yeah thanks for sharing that yeah thank you grace again appropriately named we appreciate that grace Mm -hmm. thanks for letting the grace of god work in and through Mm -hmm. you to turn the other cheek uh and some of these again very potentially very heated very controversial situations let's go down to dean calling in from stockton california dean welcome to the show thanks for calling in uh, thanks so much um i just wanted to remember the example of jesus when he was struck by the high priest servant in front of the high priest is John chapter um, 18, verse 23. Um, Jesus didn't exactly turn the other cheek. He did stand up for his rights. He just didn't respond in the same way. You know, he said, if I spoke um, rightly, then why do you strike me? So um, I think we do have to remember that we don't allow ourselves to be in abusive situations. We don't submit to those. Um, but I did have a memory from uh, 30 years ago when I worked in the convalescent home. I was switching from international projects to the ministry, and I worked in a convalescent home that was a very poor and difficult one for about a year and a half. And there was an old sailor there that was missing one leg and he used to punch me <laughs> when I would go to take care of him. And, um, or he used to swear at me and things like that. And I just kind of had to, um, you know, back off a little bit, but I, I still had to take care of him. So that went on for about a year, um, one form or the other. Um, of course I didn't allow him to punch me regularly, but I did, I did not, I wasn't able to respond to him well because he wasn't all there. Um, then when I left the facility and went on to work elsewhere, he called me aside. Um, his name was Frankie, and he goes, uh, you know, um, just want to say one thing. I go, what's that, Frankie? He goes, sorry. <laughs> and when, and when, when he said that, I just forgot. I mean, everything was just washed clean. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I would have forgiven him anyway. I did because he wasn't all there. But it was so amazing. Right. Um, I said, you know what? That's, I'll never forget that. He said he was sorry. That, that's all that matters. He, I'm mm. sorry. <laughs> so God bless our people. Oh, thanks, Dean. Yeah, no, it's a great story. And, um, 
you know, the fact is, if you had been verbally abusive to him or very cold or something, he, he may never have, uh, you know, come out with that word. And, and like you said, I mean, you understood that he, that he wasn't all there. And so this wasn't to be taken personally, but then that goes back to what we were saying earlier in the program about not knowing always what's in a person's mind and heart, what's motivating them, what may have happened to them in their life or on that day. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great, <laughs> great witness. And, um, and, and, and you're, I'm glad you, uh, you know, I think early in the show, we kind of referenced that moment of Jesus before the high priest, but I'm glad you brought that up again. And, and, and like you said, it, it's not about being passive and acquiescing to all injustice and evil, but it's just how we respond to it. You know, when we were talking about, uh, a little while ago about responding with gentleness and compassion, I also thought about, there's a great verse in uh, the letter of James, right at the beginning of the first chapter, he says, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. He uses the word joy there. And so in addition to compassion or maybe some sadness, you know, to actually be able to, like, in, in knowing that we're imitating Christ and trying to love our enemy can bring about an actual joy, you know, a certain consolation, even as we're enduring whatever, you know, assault is being given to us, we, we can actually rejoice because we're, we're doing God's will and we're, and we're uniting ourselves with the Lord. And that's, that's all beautiful. So, yeah, I, I, I hear that father and every part of me wants to just throw myself into that deep end of that pool and say, yes, yes, yes. But I, there's, there's yeah. still some, you know, there's hesitation because I know, sure. I mean, it just doesn't seem that that's the formula, right? That, uh, the mm -hmm. trials equals mm -hmm. joy, but we know right. that it is. Um, so that's why we have a show like this, right? So people can call in and tell us how they have experienced joy through the process of being humble, being meek, and turning the other cheek. If you do have a story like that, give us a call. Love to be inspired by your story. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Dean, thank you for the, thank you for the testimony there. And one of the things, Father, that Dean, uh, Dean's call reminds me of is that Sometimes we do get to see the actual fruit of what comes from turning the other cheek. And just wondering if you know of any stories of, of saints or of others who have maybe turned the other cheek and shown real meekness there, whether they got to see the fruit or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a few that come to mind for me. I mean, I think about St. Stephen, who uh, was mm. the first martyr, and, and as right. he's being stoned, you know, he actually says, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. And uh, there's a lot of parallels to his death and that of, of his Lord. And so, um, you know, that's a great biblical example. In more modern times, I think about somebody like Maria Goretti, who uh, was attacked by this young man, Alessandro, yeah. and, and she resisted, right? She didn't just lay down. She resisted his sexual advances. But when she resisted, he got infuriated and stabbed her to death. But uh, before she died, she... Um, forgave him. And, and Alessandro was actually converted uh, in prison and was able to be present at his, at her uh, canonization, which is, which is a beautiful thing. Um, I think about, you know, Pope uh, St. John Paul II, who uh, after he was shot in St. Peter's Square in 1981, you know, he told the world later that he immediately forgave his assailant, uh, the Turkish gunman. And, and then later on about, I don't think it was a couple of years after the shooting, um, you know, they met privately and there was a, there was a big headline or on the cover of time magazine, they had a photo of the two of them and in bold letters at the top, it said, why forgive, 
why forgive? And so, yeah, I think those are some examples for me. Uh, I think about uh, the beautiful uh, uh, woman, um, Immaculate Edie Bagiza, this Rwandan woman mm-hmm. who, uh, yep. you know, wrote a book left to tell. And yeah, I mean, a lot of us probably know about her story and her ability to uh, forgive the, the, the people, the man who murdered her family in this a conflict between the the Hutus and the Tutsis, and and so yeah, so these are you know we hold these up, and and I know it may seem like oh I can't do that, that's too exalted for me, but you know these are uh, these are in many cases ordinary people, you know they're not heroic, but they're given the grace that they need. They're and and so we we can't um, underestimate what what we're capable of with God's grace as well. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's why, you know, leading off with the story about this is why I think turning the other cheek is one of the one of the surest evidences of that there is a Christian there, that the grace of God is at work, because it does kind of go against what our natural responses are typically uh, in these right. types of situations. Right. right. Our spiritual director today, today, again, is Father Rob Kroll here on The Inner Life. We're talking about turning the other cheek. If you have a story about when you were able to turn the other cheek and the fruit that it's born in your own life and the lives of others, we'd love to hear it. 888-914-9149 or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Got some more coming up, including a question that I've been waiting to ask, Father. It'll all come up right after this break. So stay with us. Today, we'd like to thank Pamela, who is listening in Wisconsin, for donating her 2013 Cadillac Escalade. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. That's relevantradio.com slash car. to the inner life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich producing the show for us and Sarah Tavoya taking your phone calls as well as our spiritual director, Father Rob Kroll, Jesuit priest and director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Talking today about turning the other cheek. How do we go about doing this very difficult, if not impossible thing of when we are, when we are confronted with evil, of uh, meeting it with meekness, with humility, and what does that all mean? We have had some great callers in about situations they've faced, and we've got another another caller calling in. We've got Daniel, who's calling in from Maine. Let's go to Daniel. Welcome, Daniel. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> doing well. Hi, Welcome think, to the show. <laughs> I think that, uh, first of all, Father Rob, I wanted to say belated happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are you, are you a father, Daniel? I am. All right. Well, same to I you. Am. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think personally, I think it's the only way that can be done is a close personal walk with Jesus. That's that's my thoughts. But I wanted to share a story with you that I read years ago about this guy. He was a I, I told the person on the phone he was an evangelist. I'm not sure if he was an evangelist, but he did in this situation. And he was moved for his ministry into this inner city. I, I want to say it was Chicago or someplace out in the Midwest. <clears throat> I think I'm not positive where it was, but it was an inner city. And he had, um, so they, he moved his family into this apartment building and he was bringing his kids out to go to school one day. And there was some people smoking crack in the hallway. And he just asked him, he said, could you please try not to do that in front of my children? 
and one of them attacked him and uh, beat him up pretty good. And uh, <clears throat> his response was, <laughs> I always find this hard to believe. I'm getting emotional just talking about it. But his response was, well, Jesus bled for me, so I guess I can bleed for you. Mm. Oh, two yeah, weeks later, two mm. weeks later, the guy that beat him up knocked on his door. And he said, you know, he said, I'm, I'm the guy that, you know, hit you the other day. And he said, I just don't understand how you could be like that. And he ended up leading the guy to Jesus. Wow. So our actions are worthy and they count for something, you know. Mm-hmm. So I know like situations I've been in. I don't like confrontation, period, but when it comes up, I I tend to be on the quiet side because, I mean, sometimes I don't because sometimes your skin crawls and you just want to defend yourself, you know, if they're saying something that's not true about you. But a lot of times I don't know what to say, so I just don't say anything, and that kind of works out for the best. But this this was just amazing, and I, I pass that story on once in a while saying, you know, mm. never know what kind of eternal value our actions can bring. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your yeah. show. I, I really appreciate your show. I love it. And uh, keep up the great work, guys. God bless you. Well, thank you, Daniel. That's that's an amazing story. And I wrote down those words, Jesus bled for me so I can bleed for you. And, um, you know, you highlight, again, that we're not talking today about uh, turning a blind eye to injustice, pretending it's not real but it's all about uh, responding in a Christ-like manner. And, um, and again, what, a, what an awesome story of how uh, the, the refusal to just, you know, strike out and beat up the attacker, that, that that led to a real conversion. And the fact that he would come back and knock on the door and be led to Jesus Christ, uh, that's awesome, you know. And so in our fallen state, you know, in our fallen condition, we're always, I think, tempted initially to want to strike back with revenge and bitterness and all that. And so, um, you know, it is really, as you said, keeping ourselves close to Jesus Christ, that's going to be the way in which we can respond the way this man did, hopefully. And it's not, it's not magic and it's not something, you know, it's not something that just happens automatically. We, I think that, that particular response of Jesus bled for me so I can bleed for you, that was only possible because of a long, friendship with Jesus that had been cultivated so that when this moment came, he was ready, you know? So it's an invitation, I think, to us to stay close to Jesus in our daily prayer, at the Mass, uh, reconciliation, confession, doing all that we can to strengthen our relationship with the Lord so that in a moment of testing and trial, um, it's it's not surprising that we might respond with his mind and heart. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I appreciate it, Daniel. Thank you for the great testimony that you uh, you have shared with us all. It is inspiring. And Father, as you were responding there too, you're talking about not taking the route of revenge, which I, I can clearly see how that's not, as followers of Christ, how it's something we don't want to do. But I do, this is my question that I teased before the break there. Um, does really turning the other cheek, does that offend somehow against justice? 
Yeah, no, that's that's kind of a, a crucial question, and um, you know, I guess my my understanding is that you know we talk about a God being a God of justice and a God of mercy, right? So right. God Himself doesn't turn a blind eye to evil; uh, He doesn't excuse it or you know overlook it, and and yet you know His mercy is there to um, you know kind of. Uh, undo it or to be a response to it. And, and that leads to, you know, conversion and salvation. So yeah, it isn't, it, it, we're not talking about, um, again, uh, you know, ignoring the injustice, uh, we can name it, um, and, and be very clear about it, but, but it's more about responding in such a way that the injustice will be actually healed or cured, um, it's through a response of meekness and love and charity and forgiveness and all of that, that actually, as we've been hearing throughout the program with people's stories, it, it's the, that response that truly um, brings about the justice and, uh, and allows other people to admit and, and repent of their injustice. So, um, yeah, so I, I think yeah. it's, it's both and. It's both right, and. right. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, kind of what you were saying before, just a reminder, too, that originally an eye for an eye was to try to try to mitigate revenge rather than try to, uh, you know, bring about some sort of sense of equality there. So just making sure we didn't go too far in that. So anyway, very good reminder, Father. Very good. I uh, appreciate that. Let's go back to the phones now with Paul, who's calling in from Wisconsin. Paul, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. What a powerful story by Daniel. Yeah. Or, uh, Daniel. Um, wow, pretty good. Um, my comment is um, I have two regrets in life. One, I didn't marry the love of my youth, and two, I didn't serve in the military. But I did get a chance to serve three years in uh, mil- support of military operations in Iraq and Afghanistan, embedding with the military soldiers. And one thing I learned about these guys, especially the active, uh, on anybody who has put their name on that piece of paper has enormous respect, um, they will do what the chain of command says to do whatever the mission is, regardless to life and limb. And whenever we were asked to do something, I always had a sense of indignant anger. And I just recently learned what that's really about. And the comment always was suck it up cupcake, you know, deal with it, get over it. We all have to go through this. And although it might seem unjust, but it was about the mission. It was about accomplishing the commander's mission. And the only way I could eventually learn how to deal with my own indignant anger over something that I felt I was being slighted for or something that was wrong or I wasn't getting what I wanted was to turn it over to Christ and to say, Jesus, I don't understand this. This is yours. I will follow. I will, be my, I will do my duty. I will do what I'm told to do because this is your mission, and I'm here as a good soldier, regardless of my wishes and wants in it. And so when things happen— I try to do that, and that seems to be the only way I've been ever been able to deal with that indignant anger that seems to boil up in with, in, in front of me. And so I hope I don't. That's a. It doesn't stop <laughs> Daniel's uh, comments, but those. It's uh, it's what I did learn. Well, but I think your your words are really important, Paul, because you're underlining and highlighting for us what we've been trying to stress throughout the program, which is precisely that turning the other cheek is really beyond us. I mean, I guess we could say it's even impossible without the help of God, without his grace. So 
I think, yeah, that, that reinforces that truth that we can't try to do this just on our own and based on our own merits, because then we're probably going to fail, you know. And when you talk about the military, you know, I, I too have a great respect for uh, men and women who serve in the armed forces. And, you know, I can under I could understand, like, in a situation like I, Iraq or maybe in World War II or wherever, when, you, when you're faced with an enemy who's literally trying to destroy you and kill you, you know, I could see where, you know, you have to, uh, you know, muster up obviously a lot of courage and, and that your heart might be filled with anger for this enemy, especially if you really believe in your own, in the rightness of your own cause, your country's cause, and you think that the enemy is really, really wrong. But my hope would be that even as we shoot those bullets or uh, send down those bombs, you know, that we're not doing it again uh, gleefully, um, you know, and, and with a spirit of revenge, but that we, we do it regrettably, you know, and, uh, and that we do it, you know, as best we can praying for the people that we may even be seeking to kill. Um, so that's obviously not easy, but I think again, to do, uh, even taking someone's life, but to, if that's necessary, but to do it, uh, yeah, with a sense of regret and, and, uh, praying for their, salvation and, and for an end to violence you know right. we don't we don't yeah so anyway but yeah, thanks for calling good. in paul yeah. yeah thank you paul i appreciate that i think it's a good reminder as well father just about a minute here before we ask for your blessing but i guess um what i'd like to round it off with is um just a reminder of what is meekness and how might we today grow in our practice of meekness yeah so i think meekness or humility is um always uh, responding to people um, in love, and by that I mean with charity, not just with, uh, not necessarily with warm fuzzy feelings, but always willing the good of the other, and uh, and of course, as we said, this takes great strength and fortitude. Uh, it's not for the weak, you know. A weak person is the one who just, uh, you know, lowers himself or herself to the level of the other. But uh, but meekness takes the high uh, moral ground and. Um, and uh, is willing to suffer greatly, maybe even to give one's life if it comes to that in order to uh, love and, and save the adversary. So I think, you know, in a nutshell, that's how I would uh, explain it. Yeah, very good. Well, something, always something to turn over to the Lord, which as we seek to do that, Father, we would love to have your blessing to help us do just sure. that. So if you would, please. So Heavenly Father, we ask you today for the spirit of meekness and charity we ask for the courage to be able to turn the other cheek and to not retaliate uh, in a vengeful way. And I ask that you send down the Holy Spirit upon all of our listeners. And so may that Holy Spirit uh, come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for being our spiritual director today. We've got Father Rocky coming up next with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, so stay with Relevant Radio for that. Tomorrow, trusting in God is our topic, so another one to good to turn into. And get your questions ready, because on Wednesday, we're going to have an Ask Me Anything session here on Inner Life, where you can ask whatever question you'd like. Thank you for joining us this time. Until next time, grace and peace.